Oh, yeah, dude, I found an apple. I totally forgot I brought an apple with me yesterday and didn't eat it. Nice. Chow down. Oh, my God, I love apples so much. <laughs> What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek. 124, bitch. Yeah. It's, it's a nice. I'm excited. It's a little, like, I don't know. We're well into the 100s. That feels kind of good. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like a whole new. <clears throat> Over it, 100 episodes. Dude, We. this has got to be. A uh, completely different show now than it was at the beginning. Mm, yeah, don't you think? Yeah, dude. Maybe not completely different, but I think f- more for me than you, just because I'm way like looser and not as nervous. As yeah, those first yeah. Five or ten. Absolutely. Like mm. I'm. Ta- I guess I'm talking in my more normal voice than those first few <laughs> you're putting on a real <laughs> act in those first few weren't you i don't know i don't i don't think it was that it was just uh i just was nervous sorry you gotta all right did you just uh jump into a garbage sack <laughs> yes no i came out of it since we're starting the show oh you just pop out of sacks on. Yeah. It's always garbage yes. sacks, though. What about those, mm-hmm. uh, like those old burlap sacks? You oh, put grain I, in. I wear that when I go over Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, that was a good one. I got to give you that mm-hmm. one. When you Thank go you. over Niagara Falls, just you that, and nothing but a burlap sack. I would have never attempted that joke. It, episode one through five. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, have you cut out leg holes in your burlap sack, or are you just, you just <laughs> no, in the sack? Uh, yeah, yes, I am. Uh, what is it? I'm, I'm uh, what do you call those things? I'm kilt style with my burlap potato sack. Oh, you're going like a, a completely open bottom. Right, yeah. Oh, not not just open at the top that you're poking your head out of? Because I don't mean this in a bad way. Uh, please don't. I'm just stating the facts. Uh, you're a large man, Brad B. And yes, that would have to be would... quite the sack. You ever heard that saying, uh, 10 pounds of po- uh, potatoes in a five pound sack? Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting it's, at. That's what I'm saying. I'd have to wear it kilt style and then shirtless. Hmm. I think we can get you in that's the sack. A, that's a I think we can we can engineer this. We can figure this out. That, that's the first time that's ever been said. Well, if it's the first time Man, listening to the show, I like to pick those mm-hmm. moments to remind everybody what we actually talk about here every yes. every week. Especially nowadays, because I think we do have a lot, maybe not a lot, but we've got some new listeners. Yeah, absolutely. People and they're like, What is this? Did yeah, we even of, mention Pearl Jam? Have we mentioned not Pearl yet. Jam yet? Not yet. <laughs> this is episode one twenty four. We're doing a little take two on our number one Pearl Jam record, uh, no code. 
talking about uh, being a different show, we're kind of revisiting some of these records that we um, we covered early in our podcasting careers, just because mm-hmm. we have different capabilities now, and I figured out some more stuff to kind of add to the show as far as being able to listen through albums and live shows and all that kind of stuff. And I had totally forgotten we had done the No Code episode originally with Clint, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did. Technically, you and I have... That was fun. That was amazing, yeah. But technically, you and I have never done just a you and I No Code thing, so... Right. We'll do that this week as well. Yeah, and these these ones are a little different than those because those were like breaking down the album and how they recorded it. And this is just kind of doing like a commentary, listening to the actual record. Yeah, and for me, it's kind of perfect timing now that they've, you know, put out a single. You know, we'll talk about it in a few minutes, a couple, you know, a few music videos, you know, everything's mm-hmm. cranking up for a new record. And it's kind of fun to go back and you know, while we're waiting, kind of revisit some of those early records before the yeah, brand new one comes out. So, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I'm, I'm not one of those people that listens to Pearl Jam 24 seven. Yeah. That's the funny thing is I think I probably listen to Pearl Jam a lot more than you do, but you're the mm-hmm. show guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's our little trade off. But I mean, it's not like oh, I never listen to them, but I mean, no, of course they just kind of, I don't know. I try to listen to a lot of different stuff. Well, I told you that, I mean, the last two episodes I've talked about how I've just been driving around for weeks now with right. Dance of the Clairvoyance, just mm-hmm. literally on repeat, like an well, insane person. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's what I was kind of getting at. The reason I said that is because now that there's a new album coming out and it's, Pearl, it's Pearl Jam season. Now I am listening to them a lot more yeah. than normal. So it's, you know, I haven't listened to No Code in a while. So it'll be cool to go back and listen to it. Well, and that's the thing, too, that as I was, you know, getting everything lined up and putting the tracks in for the for this episode or whatever, I just realized I probably haven't listened to No Code in a couple months. I've been... Mm digging into just different records. I went on like a Vitology kick for a while. <clears throat> yeah. um, so this is going to be cool. And I haven't sat and listened to it with headphones on in, in quite some time. So that'll be fun as well. But we'll get to all that stuff. As I was saying, we're an all Pearl Jam podcast. That's what we do every week, even though we ramble sometimes. But we're 124 in, so I think most people expect it. And I don't know. It keeps it fun. Mm-hmm. gives me more opportunity to make fun of you and myself. Right. And that's always good. Well, thing. and I've said it, I've always said, I just like talking to you Aww. about anything. So this is like, that's, Hun, this is a, uh, <laughs> oh, you. You're making me blush. So this is my little 10 minutes to get to converse with you about anything. Yeah. And until it's that random night, because this is what I always do. It'll be just a random night, and I'll just decide to call you. Right. And we'll oh, talk man. for an I hour. I think it was Friday you called me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was yesterday. And I'm like, my, fo- my phone doesn't ring that often, you know? Right. But when I it does, imagine. it's never it's never you. No, you know? no. <laughs> so no. when I saw you your face come up, I was like, oh, my God. It's Brad. You got a you got a little picture of me for the profile, yes. like for your uh, yeah. I should I'll, I'll put that up on uh, on the socials. 
Oh, now what picture is, is it? You. Um, I don't even know because I rarely ever see it. It's right there. Oh, <clears throat> that was good. It was good. Way to work another yeah. dig in there. <laughs> All right. Before we jump into our kind of revisiting of no code, of course, we've got some emails to talk about. If you'd like to email the show, the email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media. And if you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash singlepodcasttheory. You know, the, podcasting is not our full-time job, and but we love it. And we're not trying to, you know, make a ton of money, anything like that. But there are costs that go into the show and any help would be appreciated so we don't have to come out of our own pockets. Um, but again, go to Patreon slash Single Podcast Theory and you can get all that information. And I think we have a couple more patrons, don't we? We do. Uh, Sean Rashkis. Thanks, Sean. And Aunt Andrew Hughes. Hell yeah, man. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you, Sean and Andrew, for signing up over at the old Patreon machine. Yeah, that we, old Patreon machine. <laughs> yes. I fire it up every day, and I see names coming in, and I'm like, oh, look at this guy. Look at these guys. Thank you. Beautiful people. Beautiful people. Yes. All right. Let's get into uh, email world. How about that? Okay. I am up first with uh, Jeremy uh, Ramage. He says he's new to the show. Hey, Brad Squared, because you know two men can be greater than the sum. I like mm. it. I like the new lyric <laughs> reference there. <laughs> uh, I'm new to your podcast in the last three weeks. You're helping me to cope with my NPJAA, which he says is new Pearl Jam album Anxiety. I'm also loving getting caught up on some of your older episodes. Having a bona fide musician on the show is a huge plus. Keep up the great work. I do like having a, like a professional on the show because I'm clearly not. Yeah, but that's your you know? that's that's the uh, you know the spice that you bring to the the table. Because I, yeah, I enjoy the, hearing your uh, <laughs> observations. I'm being serious though. Mm -hmm. I've told okay. people this. I've and I think I've said on the show before. I have learned more about music by having these conversations with you because mm. nine times out of ten, if I'm having a conversation about music, it's with another musician, and most likely okay, it's yeah. what I'm working with. Um, yeah, I don't have tons of conversations about music with people who don't do music, so right, it's helped me kind of. I don't know make sure that I'm focusing on the important things and not the nerdy things mm -hmm. because you don't hear the nerdy things and you don't give a shit, nor should you, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I'm but, a, I'm a, I'm a every man. Yeah. And again, not, that's not a, that's not a slam. It's, not a, it's right. just a difference. It's a cool, it's a different perspective. It's been, mm -hmm. it's been good for me too. Anyway. Cool. Uh, he goes on to say, I'm really getting hyped for the new album and Dance of the Clairvoyance is infectious. I've enjoyed killing time watching YouTubers reaction videos. 90% of them are bobbing their heads within the first 10 seconds. It's going to be badass live. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. um, I did get tickets for St. Louis via the 10 Club Lottery and I'll be taking my 12-year-old son to his first concert ever. We'll be about 20 rows up to Stone's immediate left. That's 
amazing. Yeah, man. We'll be um, there too. And he, he's, yeah, we will, but we'll be, we won't be that close. Nope. <laughs> uh, Jeremy here has got a, a, a 10 club number of 134 000. Oh, so that's awesome. He's, he got some really good seats. Yeah, but that's awesome that, that that he's taken his son. Um, all in all, I think the new system is working pretty well. I'm eager to see how the fan to fan sale goes. I'm hoping that ten club members that got shut out of the lottery can get their face value tickets. Please remember that only Pearl Jam can pull this off, and we are lucky for how much they look after us. Um, last thing, I'm considering hosting a listening party on or about March 27th. Aside from tequila shots, this is the format I'm considering, and I want your feedback. Full listen-through with minimal to no commentary and no stops. I like that. Yep. Then maybe some initial impression talk for about 20 minutes, then song-by-song listen-through number two with breaks to discuss and rate each one. Then either we burn it or listen again. LOL. <laughs> Looking forward to your next episode and maybe attending a meetup in St. Louis if you make that happen. Jam on, Jeremy in Cincinnati. Yeah, dude, that format is real nerdy, and I really <laughs> like it. Yes, dude. Yes. Yeah, I do too. And you're going to have to be up front with people and tell them, look, if you're not gonna nerd out and go by these rules then because then just don't even come yeah this is for (laughs) nerds only yes yes we're gonna listen and you need to be quiet yeah like yeah no wives no kids you know no i shouldn't say no wives no non-nerd spouses and no kids unless unless they're good kids that will listen yeah, man. I, I, it makes me think of, uh, which means no kids. Um, yeah. It makes me think of when Lost was on. And I was a right. true Lost nerd. And I would mm-hmm. not go to viewing parties at friends' houses because I'm like, if one motherfucker talks, yes. I'm going to have a beatdown going on yes. in someone's living room. Because mm-hmm. there's so many little little details in those shows and things to try and pick up on, and you know what I mean. I just hated yeah. being around people that would like yes. talk through it and stuff. Yeah. No, I my sister used to do those, and people knew you keep your mouth shut until the commercials come on. So, it's, when you get a group of people that can do that, though, that's a lot of fun. Hmm. Like everyone's yeah. being quiet and kind of taking it in, especially if it's a yeah, good it's episode fun. of something. And then mm-hmm. once that commercial hits, everyone's like, oh my God, what's, you know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a fun listening oh, party, man. man. Then the very last scene would happen and then like, whoosh, and then the lost would come up. Oh, I loved it so much. Oh, and man. I loved how in the last so season they switched it from a white lost with a black background to yes. a, a white background with a black lost. Yes. Okay, this is not a lost podcast, but oh, I could man. easily we could do one. Yes, and it's I been honest too. to God, I'm due for another full Me series too. I watch keep telling, through. Yeah, because it's yeah. been a couple years. Me too, but uh, I've been trying to lock down Amanda because she wants to watch it again too. She watched it back then because it, it was kind of like a family thing, like me and my sister and some of her older kids. We were into it. Right, like I, I when I moved up to the Paris area was like during season four, I think. Hmm. 
And I was like, I was the nerd. Like, everyone, be quiet. I'm watching this show for one hour. Right. Do not talk to me. Don't even look at me. You know what I mean? I hear you, and man. And my nephew, my nephew got, like, super into it. Like, he was on YouTube trying to watch everything he could, you know? And he was, like, 12, I think, 12 or 13 at the time. And through him, my sister got super into it, and then we were all in. And it was amazing. And uh, Amanda was around for those days too. Yeah, I went deep, dude. So, I did all the like the yeah, Oceanic yeah. website and the Dharma Initiative website that they put up online, yeah. and you could yeah. like find clues about stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember they had like the uh, it was like the schematics of of Oceanic eight fifteen, and it showed everyone's. If I'm remembering correctly, it showed everyone like all the main characters where they were sitting and stuff like that. Just all yeah. kinds of crazy shit like yeah. that. And yes. then I've never done message boards and I never like wrote anything on message boards, but I would go mm-hmm. to the lost page message boards oh, yeah. and look at all these people's theories <clears throat> about stuff. Oh God, this is so nerdy. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back to Pearl Jam. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, we, we love your, how you're going to do it. So let us know how that goes. Absolutely. All right, cool. Up next, we've got Javier. Um, Javier's written in before, hasn't he? I don't think so. No? Okay. No, I'm pretty sure this was... I thought like I recognized his was... last name, but I guess I'm about to find out, find out the answer, aren't I? As I yes, read this email. All mm-hmm. right, uh, he says, the subject is, I can't believe I'm sending this email. <laughs> He says, hi, Brads. My name is Javier. I'm 34 years old and I'm from Chile. But the last three years, I've been living in different countries, first in Australia and then the last year and a half in New Zealand. First, I would like to say that I'm a fan of you guys. Everything has started when I went from Chile to Melbourne, Australia to study English for a year. At that time, my English was very bad. In one of my first classes, my teacher told me that a good way to improve my English was listening to some English speakers' podcasts. Uh-oh. I Ooh. see where this is going. <laughs> I used to work riding my bike, <laughs> delivering food as an Uber Eats driver, so I had plenty of time to do it. I thought, what would I like to hear? And immediately I thought Pearl Jam, my favorite band ever. While I was living in Chile, I went to every concert that they had starting in 2005 or 2005. That unforgettable 2005. Uh, Yeah, it works. It works. I made it work. Mm. That Mm. unforgettable first concert in Chile, they opened with release. When I heard the live version of that song, after all the times that I heard it only on bootlegs, I got goosebumps. After that, I went to see them in 2011, 2013, and 2015. Every time they played. They played more than 30 songs in all, and every one of it were hits. And like you probably know, the crowd in South America is very special, very energetic. So everyone is jumping and singing. And because we don't speak English, we usually don't know the lyrics. So we just sing the guitar riffs, and that makes it more amazing. (laughs) He laughs. Uh, It was a very special moment every time they played. Uh, I hope you could make an episode of some South American concert. That would be amazing. That's actually a good idea. Do like a yeah, a Lollapalooza or something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. 
Coming back to the story, I searched on Spotify for some podcasts about Pearl Jam, and I found Single Podcast Theory. I think you just had two episodes at that time in September 2017, I think. So I can say that I've been listening to you guys since the very first episode. Nowadays, my uh, life has changed a lot. I finished my English classes after a year in Melbourne. Then I came to New Zealand with a working holiday visa to learn to paint houses. I learned to paint houses. I lived in a small town in the south called Queenstown, a very beautiful, busy, and touristic town. I work painting houses, so every Tuesday, I put on my headphones, I select the new episode of your podcast, and I start to paint. (laughs) That's awesome. Just to close this email, in June, I'm going to Belgium to see Pearl Jam at the Rock Worcester, I don't know if that's how you say it, uh, or Mm -hmm. Worcester, 2020 concert. It will be amazing. My first time in Europe just to see Pearl Jam. Dude, that's awesome. Yes, totally. Every time somebody writes us an email and then they're like, oh, by the way, I'm going to see them on such such date. I get so fucking excited yeah. for that person. Hell yeah, oh, man. Yes. You know? Yeah. It helps make it more real that sometimes I forget that we, we have tickets to go see two shows. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? It hasn't become totally mm-hmm. real for me yet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, I always wanted to send you guys an email, but wasn't sure my English was good enough. Well, put that at ease. I I, I have a hard time reading. <laughs> you are doing great. You're dude. doing great, I, man. This dude speaks way better English than I could speak whatever language they speak in Chile. So you're doing good. Now, that's true. Here. That's fucking true. <laughs> I can't even speak English <laughs> half the time. I'm with you, man. So let's see here. In any case, you helped me a lot to improve not only my English skills, but also my love for Pearl Jam. Thank you, Brads. Well, you are quite welcome, Javier. I know not everyone is the type, quote-unquote, the type of person that writes into shows. And Mm. people say that a lot. Like, I'm not normally the type. Like, it's not bad to write into shows, right? Yeah, but no. But that is where you get the crazies sometimes. (laughs) I guess that's true, right? I mean, well, <laughs> have we gotten any crazies? We, I was just thinking about that. I, we haven't. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think people think they're crazy for writing in, but they're right. not. No, man, we're all Pearl Jam nerds. Come on, yeah, it's cool. Uh, the South America um, crowds—they are nuts. Yeah, that's very true. In an awesome way, right? Lots um, of energy. I, yeah. Uh, I've seen Pearl Jam play just like on YouTube, but I know that Rush and uh, Megadeth both have like DVDs that they've put out of shows. One, Rush is in Rio, and I'm not sure where Megadeth is, but it's it is it's pretty cool to see whatever fifty thousand people like humming, singing some of those riffs. You oh know? sure, yeah. So. It is a it's a whole different thing down there. It would be cool to to see a show there. Yeah, absolutely. Just I, for that, I wish I had gotten to travel. There was one at one time I had on the books a show in Rio, and I couldn't wait because I'd never, you know, I'd never traveled further south than like fucking Cancun. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. it, but it got canceled. And I was super bummed about that. So I never, I never got to go, but anyway, thanks again, Javier. Uh, what you got next? Uh, Brad Harris. Uh, now Brad has wrote in before. I don't think we've heard from him in a while. No, it's been a minute. Hey Brad's really enjoyed you guys digging in 
to the Bridge School show. I spent my fair share of hours following Pearl Jam through YouTube rabbit holes, but that was a new one for me. Loved hearing the alternative arrangements, especially Corduroy. Call me crazy, but I could hear some distinct parallels between that arrangement and early Coldplay, back when Coldplay sounded like Coldplay. Probably something to do with Brendan o- with the Brendan O'Brien keys, which I thought were sublime. He really added something. It was also great hearing Jack's interpretations in an acoustic setting. Such contrast from Dave A. Not better or worse, just different. And another reason why having different drummers in the band has added to their evolution in a good way. There isn't heaps of footage of Jack online with Pearl Jam, but my favorite is from the 1998 Yield Tour. It's a great quality recording for its vintage on YouTube. If you get a chance, check it out. One of Jack's best, I think, is on Animal, recorded in Adelaide. I was lucky enough to be at that show. Jack's smooth rendition is something to behold. I love the way he feels the groove. Uh, Speaking of drummers, thanks for taking some tangents around drummers last week. Loved it. I'm another one that has a genuine appreciation for Carter Beauford, even though I can't listen to Dave Matthews' band in long doses anymore. I thought it was worth adding that he has some distinct similarities with Simon Phillips, who also plays open-handed. Keep up the great work, lads. P.S. Lions, I'd love you to do some gear-related stuff around guitar and drums. I've enjoyed hearing your electric guitar in recent episodes. Would love to know more about the gear you use. Brad Harris, Adelaide, Australia. Right on. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. And Brad and Brad. Carter Beauford, am, dude, am I having a total like blonde moment? That's not his name, is it? What? Why does it? it Carter Beauford doesn't sound like the right name to me. That's, I think I'm just having like a stroke in my head. It sounds like you are. I that doesn't. When I say it, it doesn't. That's it's like it's almost his name. You know what I'm saying? It's Carter it Beauford looks. Okay. I can yeah. hear Dave's voice go- on the bootlegs going, caught him off yeah. on the drums. Yeah, I just Googled it, and that's what came up. I don't know why. It's like, you know when you look at a word too long, and then it's like the word doesn't even make sense anymore? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm having happen to me. Yeah. what I, I think I've pinpointed <clears throat> one of the fascinations I have with you is that you, you often, so much of um, your communication is what should be a a deeply internal monologue to yourself yes. that you it like it hits the wrong path and comes out your mouth instead. I feel like every single word I say is being scrutinized by every single listener. Yeah. And they're just waiting to pounce on me because yeah. I like slightly hiccup or said something wrong. Yeah, I, I get it, but we are 124 episodes in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I, I know. think we're all I right. I let that go. I yeah. need to just, excuse me, let that go. All right. What's, uh, what do you got next? Thanks, Let's, Brad. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Yeah, and we'll do some more gear talk as well, Brad. Uh, we got Greg Matthews. He says, you guys are still rocking in the free world. Hey, Bradalinos, it's been a while since I wrote. I really appreciated you guys reading my story in the Mother Love Bone episode. I started listening around episode 40 and have finally caught up. I'm sitting back tonight listening to uh, Pearl Jam Live at the Gorge, a three-day festival back in 2005. I would love for you guys to have an episode on this special extravaganza. Mm. That's a good idea, too. Uh, it's easily... That, yeah, it would be a long one. It'd yeah, be a long for sure. One. 
We'd have to split <laughs> it up into multiple episodes. Yeah. It's easily my favorite uh, live listening experience of theirs. So great. Love you guys. Keep up the great work that you deliver week in, week out. It's underestimated the joy your chemistry brings to us Pearl Jam faithful every week. Makes more sense to live in the present tense, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, we should. I haven't listened to those Gorge shows in a long time. That was yeah. um, another one of those places that I got to play probably. Oh, cool. Four times, something like that, and that was. Uh, oh wow! That was a really cool. Any time that I got to play on a stage that Pearl Jam played on, mm-hmm. I was always pretty psyched about that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Stand on the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. I'm in Mike's spot. Right. That's crazy. This is where Mike was standing yeah. when Pearl Jam yeah. played here, you know? Mm. Gorgeous, beautiful, man. So beautiful. Is it similar to Red Rocks? Um, I mean, the f- yes, in the sense that it's a natural amphitheater, but n- no, right. no, in the sense that um, it's... So when you're standing... I think I've talked about this, so but it's probably a long time ago. So when you're standing on stage and looking out in the crowd, right, behind mm-hmm. you, literally, I'm not kidding. So if you walked up to the drum riser at the back of the stage and kept going past it, you would hit the edge of the stage, the back edge of the stage, right? And you'd have like a, I don't know, maybe five, 10 foot drop. And then you would be on the ground and you'd walk another, I mean, it was only like 20 feet and you it was like the grand canyon you were just th- that stage backs up onto this canyon rock wall and it goes straight down but when you're oh, okay. standing on stage if you turn around with your back to the crowd mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah. depending on what time of night you're playing um you just watch the sun go down and it's just fucking Cry. beautiful yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you turn back yeah. around and there's, you know, 20,000 people there or whatever. It's just a really, yeah. wow. as a player even, it's a really visceral kind of crazy experience. That That's one right. of those venues that I will never, like, forget. You know what I mean? That's cool. It's pretty great. Uh, thanks again, man. We got one more email. One more. Matt Massey. Champagne breakfast for everyone. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Just had a thought. There's that raffle to win a trip to New York City for the Apollo and MSG shows and have breakfast with Stone. What would you guys ask or talk to Stone about if you won? And do you think he'd pick up the check? And would you care if he stuck you with the check? <laughs> uh, in all, what do you think? <laughs> okay, what's the first question? What would I ask him? Yeah, what would, what would we talk to him about or ask him? Hmm. I don't know. I I I actually don't even I, know if it would be music related, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's so weird because I've like had these interactions with like idols of mine. Like after a show, I'll try and hang out by the buses and see if they come out and say hello. And if they come out and they say hello and they take a picture and it's like, cool, man, thanks. And then you walk away. That's a that's usually how it goes. That's a pretty cool situation right but this is like sitting down to have breakfast with him i know it's stone gossard but he's literally a stranger so right. you don't want to be like all like 
fanboy, you know, remember that time when you were on yeah, SNL? That, that was awesome. You don't want to go into Chris Farley territory. So I don't know. I would, I mean, I'd probably just ask him like, how's the tour going? Like, you know, like right. how have the show's been? I don't know. It's so like, it's that weird thing of like, careful what you ask for. Cause you might just get it. And yeah. then you sit down and you feel like an idiot cause you don't know what to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would maybe walk away from a feeling, hoping that I felt like, well, I just got to spend some like legit cool time yeah. with stone. And there's not really any piece of information that I feel like I'd need from him. And I think it'd just be cool right. to like spend a little bit of time with this guy that, um, again, just like I've talked about John yeah. Bonham and Dave A as drummers, uh, he was a huge spark for me taking guitar more seriously too, you know? Right. Um, yeah. he's kind of like my, for me, he's like my generation's like Jimmy Page, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. him and Mike were the, that guitar duo for when, that were out that were just coming out when I was, you know, 12 years old or however mm -hmm. old I was. I don't know, man. Yeah. I probably would just ask real general, like life questions. Like how's the tour going, you know, and like, how's your, how's your kid? Does he, I don't even know if, does he have kids? I'm sure he does. Yeah. Just ask, how's your family? How's your kids? You know what I mean? That kind of just try to be like as normal without, you know, I would be, Brad Lyons on the outside. Well, Brad that's what's B scary about those contests and meet and greet winners and stuff like that is that, you know, 98% of the time, every one of those people are super cool and chill and great. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you glad you got to spend 30 seconds or three minutes just saying hi to someone that was pleasant. And, and then you, it doesn't take but one or two of the fucking loonies yeah to ruin that whole experience and give you this weird kind of ptsd kind of feeling every time you have to go do a mute meet and greet because you're just like oh god is this going to be you know awkward.com or is this going to be cool i don't know i i met the dudes in chevelle once and i was kind of at the end of the line and one of the first guys was a real like squirrely younger guy and he was like, how do you feel about the fact that you've stolen everything from Tool? And then he just, like, turned around and, like, hightailed it out of there. What? And yeah, it was real fucking weird. And I'm like, to me, Chevelle does not sound like Tool at all. The singer's voice no. is similar to Maynard, but their music and the no. way he sings, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, now, I haven't listened it to them was, a long was, time, but I would never yeah. put them in the same category as they're, they're They're 100% not like prog metal like no. Tool is. They're cool as shit, it's, but they're not. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah. But that was really fucking weird. And what do you say? That's what I, And this dude probably paid like 50 bucks for this meet and greet. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But like if, if you're the band, what do you say to that? You know? Nothing. It's really, really, really odd. It's a good story to laugh about later in the bus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh okay, we got way off track. Where 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 are we? Uh do you think Stone would pick up the check? Because breakfast. I think is he part absolutely the... would. 
Yes. Would you care, though, if he stuck us with the check? Nope. All right, boys, I got to go. Nice to meet you, Brad. Brad. <laughs> I'm. He just walks of off. All <laughs> the, the knowledge and music and everything that he's given me, I'm glad to buy Stone some eggs. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's funny because uh, Matt, I'll continue on, but you and Matt pretty much say the same thing. Uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I'd love to speak with Stone about his and and the band's activism. I'm pretty confident that I wouldn't fanboy out at this point in my life, but you never know. I don't get starstruck, but the five guys that make up Pearl Jam would elicit that reaction if anyone could. And and him Stone himself, I'd insist. Hold on, sorry. Yeah, and Stone himself, I'd insist on picking up the check because of how much his band has meant to me. For most of my teen and my entire, God damn it, man. <sighs> and for, <laughs> I don't, what, dude, you went, I'm, and, not, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, should I just edit out the, where he says, and himself? Cause that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just going to, yeah. Okay. I'd insist on picking up the check because of how much his band has meant to me for most of my teen and my entire adult life. Take care, Matt Massey. P.S. Dance of the Clairvoyance is still rocking my ass off. Let's go, Gigaton. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think uh, Eddie is the only one that would I would really get like weird, like starstruck, you know? But yeah. any of the other dudes, I think I would be, you know, I'd be cool if they were like, if they were into it, like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Mike. I I would be freaking out on the inside, but I would be like, I would be normal enough to not make it weird. Right. But Eddie would just like, man, that would just be weird. And it would be like, I don't want to be weird, but here I am being weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of uh, status quo for you, right? Yes. Just a little weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you love him for it. It's endearing. Oh. Right? Oh, you. No, Me? hon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yes. Thanks to everyone who emailed. Again, if you would like to email the show, the email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. We're on social media. And if you would like to support the show head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash single podcast theory. Boom. Mm -hmm. uh, you wanted to, what, are we going to do a little Q&A here? Yeah, we got some Q&A. We got some news. We got, we got a little, we got a few things to talk, take care of. What, what you want to do first? Uh, let's do some Q&A. Okay. Brad Lines q Q&A with Brad Lyons. I can't remember if we named this segment or we're just calling it Q&A with Brad Lyons. All right, that's fine for right now. We'll see if it takes or yes. not. Okay, good. Uh, I got two things for you this week. Okay. Click tracks. I hear this term, click tracks. Does a band play to click tracks? Does a drummer play to a click track? Or they play to a click track? I, I think I know that a click track is just basically a metronome. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, and then I know that like when they say, does the band play to a click track? Like they all have the metronome in their ears. Sometimes. Or is is that, it, or do they play to their own click track? I don't know. Explain. 
<laughs> that whole thing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a million different ways you could use the click track. And what you said is the most basic correct answer. It's just a metronome. But it's it's a track in Pro Tools that, you know, once you find the tempo and meter, put that into Pro Tools so that it's, especially for if you're building something uh, rather than a band playing live together. So... Actually, yeah, we we were talking before we started recording. I was I had a morning session, and then I had some time uh, between that and when we were going to get started on this. And so I dusted off the old "Hail Hail" cover idea that I had mm. kicking mm. around, and it ended up it was I feel like it was a good idea. So I went ahead and start attract drums and I tracked bass and two electric guitars. I got to do keys next. But that's a perfect example where it's me playing everything. So I will set up the tempo, grid it out, and then I will just do a lot of times I'll just throw one mic up in front of me and I'll have an acoustic guitar and I will play a scratch guide track of the arrangement, vocal and acoustic guitar to the click track, right? So that's just that performance doesn't matter. It's just a guide so that then I go in and I play the drum kit. But because there's a click track, I know always know where the groove and the beat and the tempo is. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep going on. So then it's still there when I'm doing the bass. So any breaks in the song, all that kind of stuff, you kind of, it just helps you map everything out. Right. So just a tool to keep you each track in line. Right. But if, now, if if a band, I, I think if I, there's a band that I love that I feel like I just like the way they move together, then some bands, it screws them up to have a click track. And so I stay away from it. Is it almost like an elitist thing where it's like, huh, we don't play to a click track. We just get up on stage and we're that good. We it, just, we don't need, we don't need that. Is it like a dirty word in the live thing mm, no no i mean it's just a preference okay. thing it's like i mean pearl jam doesn't do that live but right uh but if they did would you be like oh that's like that knocks them down a rung for no you? but i would think it's weird because they don't have production going on as far as um like they don't have tracks they don't have like yeah whatever you hear is them playing you know yeah and if they did something like that, then that'd be a different story because you need it for production. But um, I don't know. Uh, I just I saw somebody ask a tech on Twitter about a certain band. Like, do they use a click track on stage? And he maybe I took it the wrong way, but he was like, they never would do that. You're watching four humans make right, magic right, right, right. together and i'm like is it a is that a bad thing a click track no you can I look thought at it just it helps way. keep everybody like at the same tempo right i mean part of it is the you know in the context of pearl jam like mm, maybe there was on 10 i'd have to like dig into that more and i haven't played mm -hmm. along with that record in a long time but like i told you a few weeks ago i got behind the kit and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to play through verses cause I'm mm -hmm. pretty rusty on drums right now, especially like yeah. aggressive rock stuff. I'm just out of shape for it. And, uh, 
it had been so long since I'd done that with a record that I I don't think I ever realized how much the tempos change within songs on those records, especially mm-hmm. like verses and vitology. There's absolute there's no way there's a click track because yeah, there's just not. It just it moves it's, all over the place. It's funny that we were talking about the musician versus the everyman because corn is another band that they were talking about that the drummer is like all over the place on the first like two records. Right. And then he's like like, perfect on the rest of them. I don't hear that. I just, I've never noticed that it sounds different, but you being a musician and those dudes being musicians, like they hear the difference. Yeah. And I don't, I just listen and think like, Oh, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, whether you, feel, you know whether you realize it or not, you are feeling the difference, and because it, it right does. So that's maybe maybe this is a better way to say it in in those terms or in that context. Like you were asking about people kind of like snubbing their nose at it or whatever. Right. Yes, the, click tracks and the grid in Pro Tools is to drummers what auto tune is to singers. In the sense that you need a click track and a grid with bad players because you're just going to have to go in and drums, for example, you're going to go in and either beat detective it or literally move everything yourself Mm -hmm. because their groove's so bad, you know, like they grid the fuck out of Lars on these, you know, especially on hardwire. Right. Yeah. Um, So it is kind of offensive to ask the drummer if he needs a click track. In a sense. Yeah, but sometimes that's what I'm saying is that yeah, if you're just a four piece rock band, I mean I don't yeah. I don't why would you need a click track? Like what's yeah. the problem here? You know? Right. But if you are the drummer for um a pop, especially someone in mm-hmm. pop, you know, a Taylor Swift, a whatever, like they have to be on that because they're yeah, they've got all those backing tracks from the record that it's just too much to try and reproduce live. You know what I mean? Mm. So they usually have the basics on stage with them. A couple guitar players, keys, you know, drummer, whatever. But the rest of it's all backing tracks. And you've got to have something to keep keep everything from falling apart. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. And when you're talking about something that big too, it might not have anything to do with the band being able to stay together. It might be that they have this multimedia thing going on right. that has to have timing and yeah. cues. And so well, you talk about Taylor Swift, like a, yeah, she has all kind of screens, giant screens set up, but then B there's dancers too. So I'm assuming the dancers all have to be on the same click as the band. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a lot that goes into right. it. So it's my point is that no, it's not always because, you know, someone can't keep their shit together. There's a lot of right. reasons to use a click, but right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up because yeah, I've man. heard that term uh, here and there the last couple years. So, and I'm like, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. Right. That's so, it. All right. Well, moving on. Are you aware of the term a German compliment? No. This is like, I've heard like, musicians say that like they'll go to Germany and they'll meet fans and the fans will be like, Oh, 
you played like what is what is it like you played so much better last time you were here thank you for coming back and it's like yeah it's not exactly a compliment right do you have you heard anything like that i saw a thread on twitter that was like i've never heard the name that that term before but yeah i mean that shit happens all the time again it's <laughs> going back to the meet and greet thing like these people just get yeah. nervous yeah yeah and the shit that comes yeah. out of their mouth is you know it takes you a minute to realize that you're you're not talking to a couple you know i don't know mentally challenged people or something it's just people <laughs> kind of freak out sometimes yeah yeah and I guess I get it. Again, for me, it's one of those things where I started, quote unquote, playing out live, you know, as a teen, like a fucking preteen almost. Like, I think I was, no, I guess I was 14 or 15 the first time I played a show, really. But so for me, I'm used to being backstage. There's no mystery behind it. There's no, like, yeah. that's where I live, you know, because right. of what I yeah. do. You're at work. Yeah. Uh, but for other people, they do still uh, feel a sense of mystery or what's going on back there. Mm -hmm. And everyone's heard crazy stories and all that yeah. kind of shit. So there's this kind of mythos the Wayne's, around the, the Wayne's backstage. World, the Wayne's World effect. Right. When in all reality is boring as fuck. <laughs> because no one, I mean... No one parties like the seventies and eighties anymore. I was you know, I was just like, thinking about that. Um, I heard a uh, a guy on a podcast talking about that he goes to a lot of concerts and gets backstage, and that it's it's like it is. It's just boring. There's no partying going on. There's no like naked girls running around. It's just not like that anymore. Like those days are over. Oh yeah, and like and. It should be because there's a lot of, right. uh, I mean, everyone should have fun and do their thing and mm -hmm. consensual way or whatever. But yeah, it was just, it was, yeah, not healthy. I think it's part of it is like people think they know these people because they see the music videos or they see interviews. So then they meet them and they think like, well, I know this person. And they'll just say things mm -mm. that you would never say to a complete stranger, which these people are. Right. But you have this feeling because you listen to their music or if it's like, you know, movies or TV shows, you feel like, you know, them like I know them. <laughs> it's like you don't. No, you, you really don't. don't. No. So you'll say some weird stuff. Well, and, and it's like, what are you talking about? You're kind of missing <laughs> the point, too, that for a lot of people and and in my own way, it's true for me that what I do musically, whether that's performing on stage, whatever it is, there's, but especially with live performance, um, part of it is that it is, it is an escape and it is a chance to not be myself necessarily. And, uh, and especially in songwriting as well, you're not always talking about your perspective. You're not always, sometimes words and it just kind of comes to you and you don't even know specifically what it's about i mean you could see the story that you've kind of built but you weren't sitting there going well you know my significant other really we got in a big fight yesterday and so i'm gonna write about that like that's mm -hmm. not the way it works sometimes you just write right. and it's about a mood or a feeling yeah um and people putting confuse words together that just sound a yeah way. 
and people yeah. automatically a lot of times assume that it's autobiographical in that way right and a lot of times yeah. it's not i think it's more fun to write from someone else's perspective i think um i, I don't know i'm over, i'm i'm 42 years old i'm over me it's like when you're trying to catch a serial killer you have to go into their mind mm-hmm. yeah that's why you know it's, well no well, uh clint and i i know we've seriously. talked about it before but he got me out of kind of a writer's block kind of thing when I was a pretty new writer. And mm -hmm. that's when we did those, all those Flannery O'Connor songs where we took uh, Typewriter? short stories of hers right. and I would pick one of the stories and then I would write a song about that story. And then he would do the same thing. And sometimes we co-wrote together, but it forced me to, to learn how to, do something that I didn't know how to do yet, which was come at it and try and imagine and build this world. You know, in this case, I would pick one character from the short story I read and decide, okay, that's the person's perspective I'm going to write from. And it it's really weird because it made me do and say things that I normally wouldn't have written if it was autobiographical, but somehow it was still me when I finished it, I thought I had written about this character, but what I'd done was as kind of also put some of myself onto that character through the song mm -hmm. in a weird way. So it did feel like my story and my song. It's cool. And I think, I think there's a lot of, especially writers that have been around for a long time. And I mean, I'm nobody, but I write a lot. And uh, I think you hear that from a lot of people. I think at some point you just get sick of thinking about yourself and writing about yourself and you want to learn from someone else's experience or mm -hmm. create another person's experience, you know? Anyway, that was a that was a nice little ramble yeah. there. Right. Well, we went off. All right, well, let's get to some news. Um, there are rumors that there's going to be another single off the album before the album actually comes out. Yes. And I think it's, uh, I, I, they're saying it's a super blood wolf moon. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Super blood wolf moon is supposed to come out. I think on the 23rd, which is like two weeks from tomorrow, but I can't wait to know what know. it sounds like, man. I want to hear, I, I'm, I'm torn. I, I want to hear it obviously, but I, I don't want to hear too many songs before the album comes out. You know? No, me either. But I, there's no so, way I'm gonna not gonna listen to this song. Right, exactly. It's, I wouldn't. I'd make it a day, maybe. But I have a feeling that they're they're gonna put it out because I have. Uh, we heard from a listener that said he heard he was at the Eddie Vedder listening party, and that Super Blood Wolf Moon's like straight up rocker and like a blistering Mike McCready solo. <laughs> For some reason, that so, every time I hear that title and I try and imagine what the yeah. song's like, the yeah. only song that comes to my mind, some, and I have nothing to base this off, nothing mm -hmm. at all, but I think Red Mosquito for some reason. Mm. And I don't know why. That yeah. Super Blood Wolf Moon or whatever it is uh, yeah. sounds like it's going to be some swampy, like right. yeah. dirty rocker mm -hmm. thing. I don't know. Yeah. But I, th uh, what I was trying to say is I think that they put out this like 80s style synth song as the first single mm -hmm. and maybe that turned people off. So now they're going to go back to like a Pearl Jam sounding single 
Now, you, with you, some guitars in it. You're a man about the social media. Uh, mm-hmm. What what would you say? What's the percentage on uh, like to not like from social media? Other pro oh, jam fans is probably like eighty twenty. Okay, that's that's good for something that that's yeah. that, it, it's so out there for them to have that yeah. kind of yeah. split on that is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I've seen mostly people are liking it. Cause like I said, man, that first thirty seconds, I felt real, almost nauseous. <laughs> I was real scared. Yeah. yeah, I was just in denial. Like that ain't Pearl Jam. That is not. Get out of here. You know, I'm that, sure that's that what little it was snippet. For me too. That, that's yeah. I'm like, that's that's these people are crazy. And then more and more, like information was coming in that it's from this, it's from this podcast, and this guy has ties to Pearl Jam, and. He didn't say what it actually is, and he can't because it's from the new – it was like, oh, my God, this is it. All right. And then I'm like, I need to hear the whole thing. But I I, I pretty much loved it from when I heard it the first time, the, the song, the full song. Sure. I was very surprised, though, with that snippet. So – but, yeah, I think – I think it, it. I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, I'm not – I don't see every social media post, but it seems like it's, you know, most people are, are digging it. Good. Well, so. the like you said, maybe the second single will make that twenty percent happy. Yes, we'll see. Um, speaking of dance of the clairvoyance, the the Mach three video was released this week. Yep. Um, and for for anyone who might not have seen it, it's very. Um, it's kind of like sirens, the sirens video, where they're just like in a in a like a random. Uh, like warehouse kind of thing. Um, and the screen behind them is showing like footage from the Mach 1 video, like the, the all the weather stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you said you hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it. No, it, it starts the very beginning. It, there's no music and it's just Eddie standing in front of a canvas like he's painting. And he just takes a big paintbrush and paints onto this canvas. Mm-hmm. And it like, it like, it's kind of like a wipe, like a tech. I don't know how you say it. Like a, you know, in movies, like in Star Wars, they'll have like a wipe. Yeah. The screen like wipes across it. That's what it does. It's He's like wiping on the canvas and it's like, that's, we zoom in and then it's the video starts. Gotcha. I don't know if that makes any sense. Lots but of what I'm trying to say is. Yes. Yes. How many times did I say wipe? A few. Uh, what I'm getting at is, for some reason, I had such a reaction to seeing Eddie Vedder just standing there and start painting on this canvas. It just made me feel, like, so good. Like, there he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell yeah. I can't explain it, but it was just like, this is cool. There's there's our dude, you know? That's, that's my boy still killing it in 2020, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool video. Uh, and it's basically, if you've seen the first two, it's, it's basically a, a, just a third version of the first two, but you can totally see the band this time. It's pretty cool to see stone playing bass for some reason. Oh, hell yeah. I, even in the video, I like, he's playing along with it, you know, um, mm-hmm. And I like the the way he's not he's kind of 
what he's doing with his right hand, he's not doing that kind of overhand, you know, two finger no, pluck thing. He's right. got like his thumb on the on the body of the guitar, and he's kind of I don't know. It's like he's picking it, but he's not using a pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty a very cool. Different, yeah, very different style than what we're used to seeing. Right. So people need to check that video out. Um, what else? Talked about the single. Oh, they announced this Apollo show. Are you aware of this? Yeah. They're that playing would be at amazing. the historic, historic Apollo Theater in New York City. Um, and it's Sirius XM is like putting this on and there's no tickets available. You have to basically, because I've heard from, they've done this before, Sirius puts these shows on. You basically have to be a serious insider or a right. band insider but they are giving away tickets. Uh, what I heard is 40 pairs of tickets mm. through Sirius. If you are an existing Sirius subscriber from like January. And do you have Sirius? I do not. Okay. I don't either. I traded Netflix info. So I can listen to it, but I can't win this right. contest. Right. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's an invitation only concert at the Apollo. And the cool thing is they're going to be, do you, can you, you're not a subscriber, but can you listen? Do you, uh, do no. you have like login? Okay. They're going to be airing the concert live as it happens. And it's the show is on March 26th, which is the night before Gigatron is released. What's being so, released? Do, Gigatron. <laughs> can you um Is that you, is like, that a new some... Transformer? Mhm. Mm yes. Gigatron. Can you put some, can you put some like uh Have you been saying Gigatron all night and I didn't notice it? Mm, I it, I go in and out with it. Really? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Can you put like a uh Oh, what was his name? Who was the Decepticon that turned into a, a tape deck? Sonic mass. Boom. No. <laughs> oh, you you were not a fan of the Transformers. Dude, literally, I I, that one you're talking about, I got yeah. that for <laughs> hitting a, I think, a home run when I was a kid. And so... Soundwave. Soundwave. That's what it Dude, was. Dude, Soundwave. Can you put some, like, Soundwave uh, editing over my voice when I say... The next Pearl Jam album is called Gigatron. Yeah, I'll take care of that. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that's going to be fucking amazing. There's another contest, though. It's a charity thing. Have you heard of this omaze.com? I don't think so. You can win. That's what uh, Matt was talking about. You can win. Tickets to the Apollo show, tickets to the MSG show, which is a couple days later, and there are also VIP tickets. So I think for the Apollo show, you're in the front row, and however Pearl Jam does VIP section at MSG, and they pay for hotel and airplane. Right. Air, what do you call it? Flights. That's on Omaze. You do have to pay... Um, 
to get into this because it's charity, but they've got like, I think a $10 level and like a $25 level and you can go crazy with how much you want to pay. But that's something to look into because that would be amazing. And it is for two people, like you and a friend kind of thing. Get to go to all that stuff I just said. Dude, that'd be so awesome. So, Omaze, O-M-A-Z-E. Dot com. I just, I, it's just such a fucking cool thing if you won that. Oh, absolutely. So, all right, man. Are we ready to? Uh... I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think we got through all of our, all of our, my uh, notes. All right, cool. There's a lot going on in Pearl Jam world right now. There is. There really is. Gigatron 2020. Kind of bothers me that you call it Gigatron. Yeah, well, it's sound tough wave. shit for me, huh? Sound sound waves. <laughs> it's not me saying it's sound wave. Sound wave. I, uh, I talked over. I talked over you saying how you won sound wave. You hit a home run or something. Yeah. When I was what did you playing do? baseball what? when I was a kid? Yeah. I'm like you don't. You don't still have it, do you? No, I Somewhere wish I did. In a box. Me too. Because the little cassette oh, tape that went inside of him turned yes. into a little one too. You know, just like on the animated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, dude. TV I show. That. Man. I went deep Sound with boy. the Transformers, man. And Voltron. I loved Voltron. I never got into Voltron. Oh, oh. Probably my favorite. I never. Motherfucking Thundercats. Oh, really? Thundercats. Oh. oh! <laughs> Lion he was my jam, dude. Yeah, Thundercats was cool. Mask, did you ever watch Mask? Not nope. that movie, the cartoon called Mask. Nope. They were like a like a team of like spies, but they put these like helmets on and like I don't know, it was cool. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. So no code. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All Pearl Jam podcast. Uh. Yeah, we're yeah we're running pretty long code. today, huh? Yeah, I know. Well, like I said, dude, there's a lot going on in in the Giga Gigatron era. I'm officially calling this the Gigat Gigaton era, 2020. Gigaton or Gigatron? Which Gigatron. one? Gigatron. Well, because you just mixed them up again. Era. Because <laughs> you just said. I I don't I know. know. I co- it's like it I'm encouraging you. I don't know what's happening right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but. We're going to listen through one of our favorite albums. We already did the episode where we gave you all the facts, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't know all that stuff, then go back to the other No Code episode that we did with Clint Wells from Metal Up Your Podcast and uh, check that out. You want to, you got anything before we get started? No. I'll just put this shit on. Let me get this going here. Should be good. Yes. Yes. God, that those first like two notes just make me so happy. Yes.
instantly like transported back to when I heard this the first time. Oh hell yeah! We had an apartment, third floor, and just like sitting on the floor listening to this on a little boombox. Yeah. Oh, I love that rumble. Oh, sorry, dude. That's so weird. Continue. Just you're right. That rumble and Jack's ride symbol right there. Yeah, and if you're listening on headphones, which I highly recommend you do, his voice is just so quiet and just like he's whispering into your ear, so close. voice i don't know if we had heard him sing like that in the past that real high i really think that he was quiet yeah i was just thinking before you started saying that how obvious it is that he was trying to break that caricature of baritone eddie from 10 right he was taking the page out of this kind of you know neil you know uncle neil kind of higher range vocals that are a little bit out of his range you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's a little up for him but he makes it happen and I still love it I think the first time he really did that was Nothing Man that second verse of Nothing Man yeah yeah that's true um, let's see I'm gonna rip our heads off with Hail Hail here I will probably say it ten times during every song, but Jack, just just Jack, just Jack. away. Yeah, yeah, Jack. Just, just listen Jack. to him, the way he plays and the way his drums sound. It's so fucking. It like, swings, and man. I don't mean this. I don't mean in a bad way, but it's like garage rock. Yes. sounding, and I love it. It's raw as fuck. Yes.
this song is a great example of what we were talking about earlier with uh, these records without a click track. Like the d- the difference in tempo from that verse to that chorus is it, they speed up a lot into that chorus mm-hmm. from where they were in the verses, but it feels good, you know. Yeah. insane lyric insanely cool lyric yeah you know just again with eddie and the like female thing that he brings to his writing Mm -hmm. you know i always took it as like growing up with like a single mother like she's more of a man than men yeah absolutely that's kind of how i always took it as well just like uh how do you say it reciprocating outro maybe not reciprocating repeating just that guitar line repeating yeah. yeah kind of pedals through all the chords yeah jack's just beating the shit out of cymbals yeah <laughs> yes. love it <laughs> i did <laughs> they're so excited now, this is a song that I never disliked at all, actually. Um, it wasn't my favorite, but over time, I like it more and more and more every time I hear it. Yeah. I I like this song, <laughs> but it's probably... That didn't sound forced at my, all. It's it, I don't love it. <laughs> okay. I... Yeah. This is the... Didn't I refer to this as the Kumbaya song? No, that's I am mine. Oh, that's right. Well, this is this is. I'm turning the music back up. To I am mine. I do like the I like the the vocals, like underneath his voice. Yeah, I love everything. Is that gain, is that gain vocals? Is that? Yeah, it's like harmonies, kind of. Yeah, it's gang vocal-ish. That always kind of seems weird to me that he like uh, references the last verse of the song, the previous verse in the song. Right. Like it's just weird. Like it's like so meta <laughs> yeah. that he's referencing his own lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
And it doesn't like rhyme. It's a weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird. You love it. I do. <laughs> Stop we talked about this right the song jack has writing credit on this mm-hmm. so i'm assuming he came up with the the drums yeah and they, maybe they rolled around him sounds like it one of his little drum composition things you know yeah because i think gosh it's been so long since i listened to his um his solo stuff but i think one of his like songs on one of his solo albums is basically who you are. Oh, that's cool. I need to dig into more of those records. They're so good, dude. When I when we did the show, did we do a show on Jack? Yeah. Okay. I, I went deep, and I listened to that stuff a lot for a few weeks, and then it just kind of went away. But I remember, I love that stuff. I need yeah. to listen to that stuff some more, like you just said. Yeah, I need to sit down with that. I mean, let's just roll kind of straight into mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs of me too of ever. This is another, all time. Another oh, Jack. listen to all that. Every time that get, that delay mm-hmm. guitar and the cymbals hit there, snare yeah. comes in. Shit. Now, see, to me, who you are and in my tree are obviously very similar because they're like written around Jack's very uh, specific drum parts. Right. So these are kind of like brother sister tracks, and this song I love more than who you are right i think this song is a lot better right because this is like dark it's pretty dark compared to who you are lyrically right Dude, that is a spooky ass bridge. 
Oh my god. Yeah. That could be like in a horror movie. of the outro yeah the, it's a little different than the rest of the song mm-hmm. it's uh, this album is just fucking i love it so much it's so weird and different yeah. than the first three that it's just so incredible to hear a band doing something totally different yet still amazing sure i've said that since day one that's why i love this album so much because it is it does sound so different yeah it's it's there's something it's so dark but there's something Mm -hmm. fun about it especially in in hindsight you know i don't know just i still think it's funny the the roughest period from you know as best an outsider can tell Mm -hmm. made one of the weirdest in my favorite records of theirs yeah but and i think mike has gone on record saying he doesn't like love this album i i don't think any of them do right (laughs) i'm pretty sure i've heard every one of them they're like i can't believe that we have so many fans that this is their favorite record Mm -hmm. you know uh speaking of one of my favorites on this record Mm -hmm. let's do it You don't like it? Not, no, I love it. Oh. I love it. But not knowing a whole lot about Neil Young, I just thought like, oh my God, this must have been written by Neil Young during <laughs> the, or this must have been written during the Neil Young stuff. Mirrorball. Mirror yeah. It just sounds 
so just in the way that like Dirty Frank sounds like a Chili Pepper song. Absolutely, yeah. This this sounds like Neil Young to me. This is totally No Code is totally their Neil Young phase. Yeah, that's how I think of this record. playing piano oh yeah dude Totally simple guitar solo, yeah. but it works Jeff. It's just so perfectly. Again, that song is so much about Jack's pocket. That's a huge reason why that song feels so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I say loose in regards to him, I don't mean, like, shitty. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I mean, yeah. he's just got this, like, loose groove, this, this swinging, yeah. swampy thing going on. Love it so much. Here's one of your favorite songs. <laughs> you say that no I, I can never remember with these songs you always fool me One, two, no, I like it it's yeah. just you know oh man I love this song I mean it's just fucking beautiful yeah Yeah, 21-year-old Brad B was like, hi, this is this is nice. It's just kind of slow and lullaby-y, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but now, 44-year-old Brad B has mellowed out a little bit. He softened a little bit. Yes, I've gone soft. Yeah. Didn't see me on the floor. 
just laugh yes why because i'm on the i'm on the off he goes wikipedia page and it says during a pearl jam performance 2000 in poland Federer said before starting the song that quote this is about being friends with an asshole unquote and pointed at himself Hmm. yeah i remember that the song he i've you know i said it i guess last week that to me it sounds like it's he's talking to himself right but the song is written about himself you know sure he's the person that comes in now i don't know i just have a weird thought about what the song is about it's not that weird it's not a weird thought well why is that that weird because it's himself like in a log cabin talking to himself that's super cool and i don't know creative and okay, well, i don't know i am a genius that makes me well we all know that email, we got an email last week saying that i'm a brilliant man yeah so that's exactly what they were saying right? isn't that what it said well brad <laughs> i mean if i've said it once i've said it 1000 times that you yes. are a bona fide mensa genius mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Almost savant-like. Okay. I'm so so brilliant that I forget, and I think I'm dumb. Hey, just because you don't like this song that much doesn't mean other people <laughs> don't want to listen to it. <laughs> All right, turn it up, man. Is that Freedom Rock? Well, turn it up. Oh, I'm definitely taking that out. What? Freedom Rock. Turn remember, it up, man. Remember, Rock? <laughs> remember that commercial? <laughs> yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, man. Is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. We'll turn it up in a white room with, with black, black curtains. curtains. <laughs> I've been through the house and the house of the name. <laughs> what are we listening to again? You should at least have some good memories based on the song. I remember when me and uh, Clint and I were sitting on his front porch with a couple acoustics 
and you were with mm-hmm. us, and uh, we played this yeah. song. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I like this. Song. I'm just giving you a hard I'm time. I'm saying dude. it right now. Yeah, that was good times though. Yeah, I was. I felt so self conscious though. Okay, I'm turning the music back like, up. Come on, man, Clint. Huh? <laughs> Whenever I talk, that music just turned it up. I'm sorry. What? Clint was like, "Hey, man." No, sing I with didn't us. really want you to. Oh, you didn't. That was just, that was just a joke. Anytime I talk, it's just a joke. I didn't say that. All right, All you right. you need a little shot in the arm here, so. Yes, and I'm gonna get. It. vocals dude i love everything raw. about this song just, yeah. everything everything the guitars are raw the yeah. drums are raw oh. his voice is fucking raw This song, dude, it's just. I like, wish they would play it more because it's just such a fun. It's just a fun song, especially that that bridge part. Yeah. And then the false ending right here. Yeah. Man, it's such a fun that snare song. Yeah. Boom. Jack motherfucker. Mm-hmm. 
just killing it. They don't play that. They don't play that song that often. No, I think that might be Stone. Unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it could be either one of them, but that sounds like a Stone lead. I mean, you know better than me on that stuff. Yeah, I would. That slide tone is so gross and awesome. Yeah. Now, this is another one that wasn't my favorite because of that, uh, the, uh, that guitar part. Hmm. But I love it now. Right. Uh, you didn't go all dissident on it. No, no. Cool. Uh, but seeing it with Ben Harper. Oh right, was that was like, I bet that oh, was amazing. I get it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I hell get yeah. It. I love how many little grunts and noises are on this record, it just and they leave <laughs> yeah. them all in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the the Neil Young garage rock influence is all over this album. Yeah. And this song was written because Eddie got um, food poisoning. Oh, that's right. I this forgot was about that. When they were they canceled the show and speaking on Neil Young, he came out to fill in. Um, but yeah, I guess Eddie has stated that he was not feeling good <laughs> at all oh, man. because of food poisoning. And he kind of wrote this based on that. Food poisoning is no joke, man. 
Yeah. I've thought I was dying before. God, I love that outro so much. The, the if I had known then. Yeah. The yeah. Vocal part. Well, and then we get 62 seconds of dirty, punky bliss. Just ripping his fucking vocal cords out. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Mm. Woo, never gets old for me, man. <laughs> no. I love it no. so much. Now, let's be honest, Brad. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the shit here. You ready? Yes. day Could you imagine uh, being in a studio watching listening to eddie singing these these lyrics yeah i don't do that every day man that would be amazing well, you know what i'm saying i'm yeah. saying well you know what i mean i've not worked with you a pearl jam yet yeah. well, <laughs> no I, I know what you mean yeah this is another one i'm like instantly back in that little apartment in florida Mm. listening to this with my fucking jaw dropped yeah these lyrics these these fucking lyrics are like i just like get these lyrics intensely you know what i mean sure like i listen to i listen to him singing these words and i'm like i what am i doing with my life (laughs) change everything it's true man yeah
the first time I listened to this too at this point I was like man is the whole song gonna be like this like this chill and then that strum the acoustic starts strumming you're like oh shit they're gonna go somewhere with this (laughs) that's why I love it because it is at first listen me I'm like I don't like the slower stuff but then this happens right here and I'm like oh it's about to go off fuck yeah You can just hear it building. I do know why, but I just have this weird thing that I just think that song is from Yield. When I think of that song, I think of Yield. That's funny. I got songs like that. Like, yeah, it's just weird mental. There's not a specific song, but sometimes I catch myself mixing up whether a song was from verses or from Vitology. Yeah. I don't know why. Anyway. Uh... Here we go, dude. Here we go. Yeah, you're your go. favorite. Yeah, 
boys, the boys having some fun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know I turned the corner on this song. Yes, uh, yeah. I love it now. This is your uh, leash. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing, too, is that, I mean, if you take out the vocals, there's some pretty mean-sounding guitars going on. It's yeah. it's actually Stone's voice that gives it the fun aspect. Yeah. You know? Because Eddie's one of those people, yeah, if he literally sang the phone book, there would be emotion in it somehow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the music, that guitar, I mean, it this fits with this album 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Did we ever figure out? I just could see Stone like being like, "Hey, I wrote this song. Here you go. Here's the lyrics." And Eddie's like, I, uh, "I'm not." Why don't you that. sing this one, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You sing that. No, I bet Eddie loves it. I hope we get it in St. Louis. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, that'd be cool. Now, next, literally your favorite song. <laughs> it's your number one Pearl Jam song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it a digital? Oh, man. It could be, yes. Anything to enter. 
spending half his life searching, he still felt as blank as the ceiling at which he stared. He's alive. Go <laughs> on, man. What, bud? When he was six, I'm just come on, man. This song deciphered the illusion, trading magic for fact. No trade backs. So this is what it's like to be an adult. If he only knew now, what he knew then. Come on in, the water's warm. French beanie? Yeah, what are those hats the, the poets wear, the French poets? I don't know, Brad. <laughs> don't hang out with a lot of French poets. <laughs> don't look at a lot, of, a lot of pictures of French poets. Does it have a tassel? Uh, no, it's got like a little... Yeah, I guess it does have a tassel on the top. Yeah, it's a beret. A beret? Yeah. Mm-hmm. French beret. It's got a little thing on it. The guy in singles was wearing one. His buddy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The guy with the, the maitre d'. Wasn't he a yeah. maitre d'? Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, we boy. provided some great commentary to this song. Well, what else can be said? I don't mind it. Okay. Good. I mean, like I when you're like listening to the whole record, I wouldn't like skip it at this point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a man walks you know into what a I'm bar. Be singing? Yeah. Exactly. What? He sits down. He says, "Why the long face?" Just then, the other man kicks him in the balls. Well, seemed to really put a damper on the little party we were having. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's not going up from here. So. I don't hate that song. I just I think it's humorous. Is all. Yeah. I love this song. I do. I love this song too. Good. That makes me happy. It's so sweet. It's just so nice. Great way to end the album. After all that raw, garagey type stuff. Yeah. Get this beautiful lullaby. You gotta, yeah, it helps you kind of process the record, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. We're gonna lay you down gently. Just go ahead, put your, put your head on the pillow. I think I told you and Clint about Eddie recently saying that this song was actually about a serial killer. And I think you both had a pretty. You both were upset at that reading of the lyrics. Clint especially was like, no, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like the idea of that being what the song's about, but yeah, either. So I, I just it's it not for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, real funny, Brad. Serial killers. <laughs> Fucking barrel of laughs. Kind of uh, bridge school vibes. Yeah. Keys and piano, just acoustic. Mm -hmm. The drums, um, whatever. I mean, it sounds like he's got brushes of some sort. The drums sound great. I love the way that snare sounds. Every snare drum on this record sounds great. There's so many of those moments on this record where Jack does like some sort of snare crack into a chorus mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It just sounds so huge. Lots of ghost notes. Lots of ghost notes. Man, good inside term, Brad. <laughs> They've gotten used to playing like Rockin' in the Free World or Yellow Leadbetter. This would be fucking awesome if they closed with this. Yeah. They could do like Rockin' in the Free World and then this instead of Yellow Leadbetter. I, I love chill closers every once in a while. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love, I, I'm one of those people that I actually still like Yellow Leadbetter live. But this would be really cool to hear too. Yeah, absolutely. Love that saloony uh, mm-hmm. old school piano going on. You're an angel when you. Whoa! I just looked it up. They've only played this song fourteen times. Damn. That's it. Our favorite Pearl Jam record. Still, still the one. Still my favorite. God, was that a was that a boring episode? Sometimes I'm worried that these things are boring. I know. Oh God. They're like, uh. Well, we tried it. I've heard no code before. I really want to hear it with these two idiots talking over it. (laughs) Over the best parts. I love you choose to, and this is not a criticism, but you do choose to talk over my favorite parts. You're going to hurt me right now. Yes. You just always end up. I try to, I try to pick the good times to speak. 
Sure, no, it's hard. I mean, serious. Always... It is hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I err on not talking enough. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just kind of get a little bit right. lost in it when we're listening to it. Yeah. See, and I try to to not do that. I think more commentary is better. Sure. Well, because if we're not saying anything, then we're just literally listening to the record, and it's like you're a nervous talker, be... Brad. And yeah, the problem is you're always nervous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does that kind of sum it up? Yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. Well, that's what I love about you. <laughs> Hug I'll explosion. <laughs> yeah, dude, get it out. <coughs> I don't know what is going on. Oh, it's throat cancer. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Jesus. Cut oh, I'm cutting that. it out. Take, don't worry. Take that out. That's I'm going to put two markers down. <laughs> what by the that fuck one. Is, what's wrong with my throat? I don't know. <coughs> All right. You ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. We've dragged this out long enough. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. We'll yes. be we'll be back next week. Again, if you want to email the show, singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. Say hey on social media. If you'd like to support the show, head over to uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash singlepodcasttheory. Until next week. I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek saying, the looser things get, the tighter you become. Mm. I died and you walked by and said, no, I'm dead. I was high. Fuck yeah.